0: Amen. Wonderful. Very good. When you sing something, you remember it, right? Maybe you guys can really sing this again and again. Some of you have many hours to drive home, right? <clears throat> well, okay. We are on to the mystery of the church Christ's body. And uh, the, the last three points here, the head, the body, and the unique foundation, are to see this point. Uh, and if you remember... In Mike's wonderful drawing that we had on the, on the screen here, uh, there was a goal to the children of Israel. Once they were there in Egypt, of course, it was wonderful for them to cross that Red Sea and to get out of Egypt. Praise the Lord. Actually, you know what? I'd like for everyone who's been baptized this weekend, stand up. Hallelujah. Amen. Marvelous. Thank you. So, and uh, I believe there's two more uh, after this meeting. And maybe the Lord is still stirring in some of you. It's time to cross the Red Sea. Amen. Time to leave Egypt. You know, the Spirit in Acts 22 says, why do you delay? What are you hanging on to? What do you hold on to? The Spirit is speaking that in Acts 22, and he's speaking that today right now. Maybe some of you haven't passed through. Why would you delay? Pass through the waters. Okay, now's the time to do that. So in any event, with the picture here, once they passed through the waters, of course, uh, the Red Sea opened up and Sa- uh, Satan, Pharaoh, and the power of that age was crushed as, as the uh, waters came back over, the, the Pharaoh and his armies. And then after that, basically, uh, we saw they moved into the wilderness and they wandered 40 years, but did they wander just for wandering's sake? What was happening to them as they were there? They were eating what? Manna. Morning by morning they were eating manna, and they weren't eating manna only to be only to be fed, but they were eating manna to be reconstituted. They were being reconstituted another people, right? Amen. So as they were going through the the wilderness, they were there, and uh, they just were eating, 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 morning by morning. They were being reconstituted into another people. But even that was ultimately not God's goal. Even as wonderful as eating the manna is, uh, that's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal, we have to realize, is that it goes on, and eventually, guess what? They crossed another river. And when they crossed that river, the Jordan River, they went into the good land. And when they went into the good land, ultimately they built God's house. Praise the Lord. So we have to realize, everything we've seen this weekend, there is a destination. There's a goal. The journey has a destination. And that is God's building. We have to be impressed that God is not just wanting us to eat manna every day just for the sake of feeding ourselves, but that manna is reconstituting us and making us a people for his goal, which is his body. Okay, so we have to be impressed. All of this is towards the body of Christ. So in these final, last three points, we're gonna cover these quickly here. Uh, first of all, we have number 18, Christ is the head. Praise the Lord, he is the head. And I would ask this question, is Christ, and you can write this question down, is Christ your head? Is Christ your head? What does that mean? You know, headship implies authority. Headship means there's one who's in the authority and one who's the slave. You know, your head controls your whole body. And without even thinking about it, you're moving. You're adjusting your hair. Some of you I can see right now, you're fixing your glasses. Uh, you're itching your nose. I can see all of you. <laughs> and you. And your body is just performing based on the thought of the head. Your head is there controlling and directing everything. And the head is the one who is Christ, who we want him to have complete authority over us. So, headship implies authority for operation. And we want this head. So, let's read this verse here His unique headship, letter A, Acts 2:36, altogether go. So, you know, our Lord, he went through a process, and eventually on the Mount of Olives, he was there in front of 500 brothers, and he ascended. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine seeing a man? A man. He ascended into the heavens. In front of five. To make no mistake about it, there weren't three of them there. There were 500 brothers, And he ascended. And when he ascended, guess what? He was made both Lord and Christ. He was inaugurated at the throne of God. He was made Lord of all to possess all. And he was made Christ as God's anointed one over the whole universe. He is the head of the body with the full authority to control everything. So this is our head. So the question is, in our experience, is he your head? Is he my head? And we have to ask, how often do we say, Lord, how do you feel about this? Lord, how do you feel about what I'm putting on today? How do you feel about how I'm cutting my hair? How do you feel about my conversation last night with that brother? Lord, how do you feel about me going to this event, this class, this situation? He wants to be our head. He actually is the head. The question is, are we allowing him to be our head? Our head. So he has the unique headship in the whole universe, and he's waiting for some to be headed up. We should pray, Lord Jesus, head me up. (laughs) Do it. Lord Jesus, head me up. Yeah. You know, the head is the boss. He's the boss man. You know, in the working world, many of you have not arrived there, everyone's looking for a great boss. They want a boss who's wise, loving, forgiving, temperate, fair, righteous, just. They haven't found him yet. But you know what, saints? We have this boss. And when we come under him, we realize he knows all things. And he does all things well. And he is our head. The question is, will we allow him to head us up? Well, we just have to be in this endeavor and in this vision that Christ is our head. Okay? Then letter B says, his headship expressed. His headship expressed. You know, his headship, at least for a short time after he resurrected, was very hidden. But eventually, you know what, he got poured out as the spirit, he got poured out on the body, and eventually he desires his headship to be expressed on the earth. He doesn't want his headship to remain isolated, he wants an expression. So let's read Ephesians 1.10 all together. Ready? Go. Okay, circle the phrase, the fullness of the times. The fullness of the times. You know, I believe that time is quickly approaching, but it's not here yet. It's not here yet. But the fullness of the times is coming, and at that time, you know what? There will be a full expression of the headship of Christ. He will rule and reign over everything in the universe. Everything, not just me and you, not even just people, but all created things in the whole universe. He will rule and reign. You know what? On the things that are seen and on the things that are unseen, even, even at the subatomic level, do you realize he's going to head up every particle of the universe? He will head up everything. Um, you know, uh, even in the next age. You know, if you read Isaiah 11, you realize the the lion will lie with the lamb and the little child that says, well, what, sit at the adder's den, the snakes. You know, how many people like to see snakes now? Probably very few. I hate snakes. Can't stand snakes. But you know, do you realize in the next age, they're going to be headed up to the extent The little child could be their buddy. Mind blow, right? You read Isaiah chapter 11? The Lord is going to head up the entire... All the curse, the poison of the fall is going to be headed up in Christ. There's going to be a full expression of his headship in the whole universe. You know, even today, if you pick a a rose... What happens to your hand? Thorny, right? You have to be very careful, otherwise, ow! Why is that? It's under the curse. All created things are under the curse right now, everything is under the curse. But do you realize when the fullness of the time comes, everything will be headed up in Christ? And there will be a full expression of that headship throughout the whole universe. With Christ ruling and reigning in fullness. Wow. Marvelous, right? So wonderful. Uh, okay, then let her see here. His headship worked out. Let's read Hebrews 2.8. Ready? Go. Yes. Yeah, okay, so uh, on that first phrase there, you have subjected all things under his feet. You know, that's, that's him being made Lord in all things. He's made the Lord there. Uh, and in reality, in the spiritual realm, it says here, he left, underline the word, double underline the word, he left nothing, nothing unsubject to him. Do you realize in the spiritual realm and in reality, there is nothing that is not unsubject to Christ. Every single item in the universe is under his headship. But, there's a but there, right? Now, we do not yet see all things subjected to him. So, not yet. That means the fullness of the times is coming. And... Uh, You know, this is the same as in our experience. We are gradually being headed up by Christ. So, um, this is a while back. I came home one day, and uh, I called up a brother and said, Hey, brother, what are you doing? Um, And uh, he said, Well, brother, I'm washing dishes. And I said, Oh. Because I was hoping to get with him. And uh, maybe go do something. And he says, yeah, brother, I'm doing dishes. And actually, right before I had walked in the house, I had some check about washing my own dishes. And so I called this other member of the body, and I asked him, thinking I'll get an out. I'll get a, you know, i get a pass. And uh, I called him, and I said, yeah, brother, what are you doing? he says, I'm washing dishes. And... The Lord spoke, uh huh, you see, <laughs> you see, I'm still speaking, even through the members of the body. <laughs> so I said, Amen, brother, that sounds really good. I probably need to do the same thing. <laughs> so, you know, the Lord spoke, and I started washing dishes. You know what? We need to be headed up. So many areas of our living, right? Headed up in school, headed up in your classes. Headed up in the way you study. How about the way you spend your time? How about the time from 10 to 12 p.m. every night? How about those two hours? Oh, Lord, head me up. Pray that. Oh, Lord, head me up. We need that, right? We're not yet subjected. We've not been brought under the full headship of Christ. And the Lord is looking for some who would be fully headed up. Okay, letter D here. Let's read Ephesians 1.22. Ready? Go. And he all things under his feet and gave him to be over all things to the church. Circle the last three words, to the church. We have to realize all of this, all of this matter of headship is to the church. That implies there's a divine transmission. There is a divine transmission of all that God is in his headship to the church. The direction of his headship, the purpose of his headship is to the church. God's view, God's purpose and God's goal is the church. So this headship is to the church and we are in the process and we are participants but we have to realize the first element of creation God has targeted is the church. This is the first element. He, he will head up all the other things. He'll head up the quarks and subquarks and atoms and all the things in the unseen realm. And he'll head up all the animals. He'll even head up the plants. Be no more thorns and thistles. He's gonna head up everything in creation. But the first thing he wants to head up is the church. That's us. We are the participants of that. So the Lord is waiting. He's waiting on us to be headed up. This is what his desire is. So we have to realize we're the key. You may not think so, but we are the key to the whole universe. Because when the church gets headed up, guess what? The fullness of the times comes in. He's not going to head up everything else unless he first has the church headed up. So he is waiting on us to enter into this full process of being headed up. You know what? Christ is the answer. But we are the key. We're the key to ending this age and bringing in the fullness of the time so that Christ can head up everything in the whole universe. Okay, well, wow, amazing, right? He wants to head up the church. Praise the Lord, right? Okay, Matthew 16, 18. Let's read this. Ready, go. Underline, I will build my church. The Lord said it, I will build my church. You know what, brothers and sisters, we should not doubt this word. This is the Lord's eternal word. I will build my church. And this word doesn't change. He is going to build his church. So uh, we have to realize, though, and you may not see this at first, but he is not going to build this church without our consent. You have to understand what I'm saying here. He needs us. He needs us to say, Lord, amen. Lord, amen. Head me up. Head me up in this closet and the way the things are in my closet, and the way the clothes are in my drawer, and the way I cleaned the kitchen. Head me up. Lord Jesus, head me up. Amen. Say that. Now say it stronger. Lord Jesus, head me up. That's more like it, yeah. With spirit. Lord Jesus, head me up. The Lord needs a group of people are headed up by Christ as their head, okay? Um, We have to be impressed. We just have to accept and recognize his authoritative word. Many times the Lord is speaking to us inwardly. He's there inwardly speaking to us. And we're there resisting. Re- resisting. But if we contact his living word and exercise our spirit, you know what? We can enjoy the heading up in Christ. We can enjoy that heading up. This is wonderful. Okay, next verse here. Let's read it. Ephesians 5:29. Go. A circle, even as Christ, also the church. You know, he has his headship so that he can nourish and cherish the church. That's what he wants to do. He wants to nourish us. He wants to cherish us because this is what he wants to produce. He wants to build up the church. You know, the church is so marvelous. I know campus clubs are fun. I know hanging out with all the young people It's exhilarating, it's exciting, uh, it's great to have companions your own age, but we have to be impressed, God's heart is the church. And so, I would just put a little plug in here for your uh, getting attached to and related to the older brothers and sisters. I would say, do you have an older couple or brother or sister that you have a relationship with in Christ? Where you can be in fellowship, and through that fellowship, you can receive some heading up. You know what? God's heart is the church. He loves all you young people. He loves what's going on on the campuses. But all that is to the church. I hope you come away with this, from this message with three words. To the church. Amen. Say it. To the church. This is God's goal. It's to the church. All of his nourishing and cherishing, all his divine activity of building is to the church. That's what he wants, okay? <clears throat> then finally here, Ephesians 3.8b, I'll read this. To announce to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, as the gospel. Even under this, him releasing the unsearchable riches of Christ is under his divine authority. All this is under his authority. So we have to realize He is just looking for some young people who would just say, amen, Lord. Amen. 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 Lord, flow through me. As I'm in my math class, in my science class, Lord, flow through me. I'm in my laboratory. I'm in the lab here working with a partner on a project or something. Lord Jesus, head me up. Lord, flow with your unsearchable riches through me. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. We can do this. Uh, One time I was taking a lab class at UT and I was sharing, uh, I did electrical engineering and so I was sharing uh, a, a technical presentation on alternating and direct current, okay? And I was stirred up. The Lord was just stirring in me. Why don't you share something about me? And at first, I was a little bit resistant. Ah, oh, it's kind of weird, man, I'm sharing it with you. This lab, there's about 25, that's a lot of people to kind of lose face in front of. And and the Lord was so strong, you need to share me in front of these guys in the lab. It was guys and girls. And they, So anyway, I got stirred up by the Lord's mercy. And so I prepared my technical presentation in the last, <clears throat> I think we had... I can't remember if it was seven minutes, something like that. You're given an exact number of minutes. So I prepared the last two minutes were gonna be about Christ. And so uh, the last two minutes, I shared something about Christ being the direct current to contact the living God. And uh, I didn't realize, but in the class, I didn't realize it at that time, there was a a Christian girl and she was a sister. And when I started speaking, she was in the back row and she was going, amen, amen. So they were looking at me and looking at her, just going. And uh, anyway, Christ got expressed. We need to be headed up, right? Headed up in all the areas in our college experience, right? Okay. Uh, Announcing the unsearchable riches of Christ as the gospel. All right. All right. Letter E here, the next point here is recovering the authority of Christ. Praise the Lord. Well, first of all, this recovered authority is to the nations. And clearly right now, uh, we don't see that happening. We see a lot of craziness going on out there, right, with the nations. But let's read this next verse. Very good. Revelation 1.5a. Let's go. Yeah, circle the last phrase, the ruler of the kings of the earth. There is going to come a day when our Christ is going to rule and reign over every nation. All the kings of the earth, all the presidents, all the prime ministers, all the whatever they call themselves, they will be subject to our Christ. He's the ruler. He's the ruler of the kings of the earth, and he is going to recover his authority on the earth in a total way and this is marvelous right now it's a circus we understand that but listen don't be deceived as soon as the church gets brought fully under the headship of christ the fullness of the times will come christ will bring in his kingdom and he will be the ruler of the kings of the earth manifested everyone will see it everyone will be clear wow christ is king No one will have a question mark. Who is the ruler? So we shouldn't be deceived now. Don't get caught up in the political realm. Listen, that Christ is going to come back as a stone cut without you know, hands. He's going to be a stone of smashing, and he's going to crush all of human government. Why would you get wrapped up in that? You don't want to get your fingers crushed, you know? This stone is gonna come and crush all of human government and he's gonna establish his kingdom on this earth. Brothers and sisters, I believe it will be in a a day and age when you're alive. I believe it. He's gonna come back. His whole kingdom will be over the face of this earth and he will rule and reign as the king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is our king. Marvelous, OK? So that day is coming, and that's the first recovery in his authority. Then we see here it's to the church, again, Colossians 2:19. Let's read this. Ready? Go? And now all body, okay, I want to emphasize, the church is for now, the nations are for later. Churches now, nations later. But we want to be those who are holding the head. I love this. Circle that first phrase, holding the head. Holding the head. In our experience, what does that mean? Holding the head. You're holding the head. That means the head is there, and you're holding on to him. You're holding on to his word, his speaking, his authority, his arrangement. You're holding on to that. And he is ruling and reigning and administrating in your personal universe. Holding the head. And as we do this, out from whom? All the body. Out from from this wonderful head comes all the body. We see here, firstly, being richly supplied and knit together. These are wonderful words here in Colossians by means of the joints and sinews, grows with the growth of God. You know, we just have to learn how to say amen to the Lord of glory. He just wants a little amen. Lord Jesus, I say amen. amen. Say that. Lord Jesus, I say amen. Say it again. Lord Jesus, I say amen. It's so wonderful. Sometimes it's not easy for those words to come out. But we have to practice speaking it into being, okay? All right. You know, we had a brother among us, and he he liked to use this phrase. He says, a lot of times there's a little struggle in us. And he said, just lose the struggle. Just lose it. That means lose it to the Lord. Let the Lord win. Let the Lord control. Let the Lord dominate. All the time, there's little struggles. Just lose it. Say, okay, Lord, amen. Amen, Lord. You win. You dominate. You're the head. You're the king. Uh, Allow him to enter in. So wonderful. The other day, I parked the car, and uh, I was definitely crooked, but I was still in the line. I mean, you know, if you got down there, and, you know, I was still in my slot, but I was, anyway, I was struggling. I was I was crooked. Actually, I was really crooked. And I started to walk away, and the Lord's like, nope, uh-uh, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. The further I got, the more bothered I got. I say, like, okay, all right, Lord Jesus. Amen. So I went out and straight in the car. Small struggles, little struggles. We want the, we want to say, Amen, Lord. So many small struggles. I put on a shirt the other day and I started to walk out and the Lord said, nope, nope, nope. And uh, I was like, Lord, I had a lot of reasons why I was a good shirt to wear and, and the head was saying, nope. And so by the Lord's mercy in that instance, and sometimes I, I resist and sometimes I just straight out rebel, I'm wearing this shirt. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> that instant I said, Amen, Lord. I'll change. So change the shirt. And he won, right? But admittedly, many times I resist, I rebel, but he's just looking for that amen. amen. Lord Jesus, head me up, right? Oh Lord Jesus. Okay. Uh, Alright, the next point. This is a a big burden in this message here. Number three, let's read it. Go. The heart of consecration. Okay, how about all of us? Romans 12, 1. Go. I exhort you, therefore, brothers, through the compassion of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, well pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. Yeah, so wonderful. So, just, yeah, circle a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Uh, Well, you know, regarding this matter, uh, in order for the church to take the lead, there has to be some consecrated ones. Some who would just say, Lord Jesus, I give myself to you. Lord Jesus, I give everything I am to you. Lord, I give you all my time, I give you my future. I give you my future dollars. I give you my future endeavors. I give you my heart. Uh, Consecration is key. It's key. And, you know, um, it's so critical to have a regular experience of consecration day by day. I hope this weekend as you're driving home, you've seen the Christ. Praise the Lord. Isn't he marvelous? We've seen at least 20 items of Christ this weekend, and we want to consecrate ourselves. That means we give ourselves to him. That means we simply open our heart and we offer ourselves to the Lord. We're not promising we'll never make a mistake. We're not, that's not what consecration is. We're simply just saying, Lord Jesus, I give myself to you for your purpose. Amen. And I would say in practice, the more you can be specific with your consecration, the more rich your consecration is. Lord, I give you my time. I give you where I go. I give you my car, even though it's half broken. Praise the Lord. I give you where I drive. I give you who I pick up. I give you all these things. Be very specific in your consecration. This makes your consecration rich also. The picture in the Old Testament is they had to add wood to the fire every day. Every day they had to add wood to the fire. That's having the picture of having a continual regular consecration. Morning by morning we need to wake up again and say again, Lord, today I give you this day. Lord, I give you my time today. Oh Lord, I love you. Lord, I give you my studying. So many things, again and again, we have to give the Lord ourselves in consecration to Him. And you'll be surprised. You may think the Lord forgets about your consecration. He does not. He does not. Uh, I've shared this testimony. I'll share it again briefly. When I was 14, my dad had an accident. And basically, because of that accident, I made a deal with the Lord. And I said, Lord, if you give me my dad's life, I'll serve you the rest of my life. So then when I graduated from college, I went to the placement office to sit down and fill out some paperwork. And uh, before I could put the pen to the paper, the Lord said, Aha, do you remember? Do you remember? You made a deal with me. And now I'm calling you out on it. And so... I never filled out the application. I was sitting in the placement office with my pen, ready to fill out the the paper, and uh, the Lord wouldn't let me. Just had the pen right there. And uh, I just began to open to the Lord with the application under my fist and the pen in my hand. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord, thank you for all you've given me. Lord Jesus, I trust you. I looked to you. I just began to open to the Lord. And at that time, I got called by the Lord. The Lord spoke to me very particularly. Um, You need to serve me. So anyway, I went to fellowship with the brothers, and it worked out where I just began to join the brothers and began to serve the Lord full-time on campus. But I I want to impress you that came out of a consecration that I had made eight years previous to that. That the Lord did not forget. So, if you say, "Lord Jesus, I give myself to you," He won't forget. He won't forget. He loves consecrated vessels. Okay. <clears throat> now, let's read this next verse: he, uh, Acts twenty-six nineteen. Ready? Go. He Erica, I was not disobedient to the heavenly okay. Double underline. Not disobedient. Not disobedient. That's a double negative for emphasis for you English majors, correct? Not disobedient. Not dis. Dis is not. So it's not not, which means it is. He said, I am obedient to the heavenly vision. It's it's a double negative for emphasis. And we have to be impressed... You know what? Many young people have a good beginning, but they don't finish the race. You know what? Your heavenly vision can fade. I want you to be impressed with this. I can't tell you how many, how many you're here this weekend. I'm so happy. I love all you young people. I can't tell you make me so ha- I could do cartwheels up here, except I'd probably break something. All right. <laughs> I uh, am so happy to see all of you young people. But I will tell you this, I have seen hundreds and thousands of young people before you, and probably the large majority of them have not continued the race. So, what's the biggest problem? The biggest problem is not a regular consecration. We need a heavenly vision. We need our vision again and again, restored. But we need to learn how to have a daily consecration Where will you be in five years? Where will you be? You don't know? I hope you're pursuing Christ and consecrating yourselves to Christ and the church. I hope so. I hope you would make a determination in your heart in your young college years, Lord Jesus, I want to be pursuing you in five years. I want to give myself to you to be with you for the next ten years The next 20 years, the next 40 years, until you come back. Lord Jesus, I love you. We need this regular consecration again and again. Lord, I give myself to you. This keeps our love for him hot, our vision for him fresh, and our pursuing of him active. Hallelujah, right? This is what we want. So don't be a casualty. I hope we all come back in six months, and in a year, and in five years, you're still coming back. In five years, when you come back, you'll have graduated from college, or maybe some of you'll be a master's and PhD, and you'll have be in Germany, serving the Lord. You'll be in Europe, preaching the gospel. You'll be there, bowing your knee, and consecrating again, morning by morning, except you'll be in Switzerland, you'll be in France. You'll be there on the campuses ministering the gospel. Consecrated young people. Lord Jesus, we give ourselves to you. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we're we're not special. None of us are special. None of us are exceptional. We simply give ourselves to him again and again and again, and by the Lord's mercy he keeps us. By the Lord's mercy we continue to pursue him. This is the Lord's mercy, even that we're here today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, right? Okay, uh, Paul said here in 2 Timothy 4, 7, he finished the fight. Paul had to have been a regular consecrating brother. He says here in 2 Timothy 4, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Wow, what a verse. What a verse. Think about this. To be able to say these kind of words. He finished. He finished his course. This is right before his martyrdom. Paul finished the course. He had been a consecrated vessel. He wrote Romans 12.1. I give myself to you as a living sacrifice. Right, And this is what he did on a daily basis. Again and again. Giving himself to the Lord. Be a consecrated young person. Practice this. One more quick Practical example. When I was your age in college, I believe it was a freshman year, I wrote down my consecration. And it was lengthy, it was not 250 words. I've learned now in the modern age, you measure writing by a number of words, right? My kids, have a child in high school and she's always, I said, how many words? 400 words, dad. 1,000 words for this one, dad. 1,500 words for this one. I used to be just like pages or paragraphs. I was like, now it's words. It's exact. In any event, write down your consecration. Why do you write it? Do you write it down for somebody else? No. You write that down for yourself. When the going gets rough in two years or three years and you've had a tough go, things are rough, Pull out that consecration and read that consecration. I have a file, and the file on my manila folder says consecration, and I have it, and it's there. And once in a while, not every day, but once in a great while, I pull it out and I read it. And I'm impressed, I did, I did this. I did give myself to the Lord. This was worthwhile. And Lord Jesus, I give myself again today to you. Okay, so this is a big point. We need a heart of consecration. All right, letter F here, moving on. The heads, deputy, authority, the church. And let's read the last verse in this section first, Matthew 18, 17. Y'all see that? Ready, go. Amen. Whereas here, you know, there was a problem and uh, he's saying here, first of all, if there's a problem, you take it to a brother, then you take it to a couple of brothers. If the problem's still unresolvable, you do what? You tell it to the church. The church here then becomes God's deputy authority. That means it's the place, place authorized by God to represent him on the earth. It's a serious matter. I mean, God actually has a deputy authority on the earth, representing his authority. Um, it's quite interesting he does this. You know, I've been meeting with the brothers now for a good number of years, and I would, I would ask us, what, what, do you, what do you think, what percentage of the brothers' decisions are accurate? What percent? What do you think percent-wise? Hello? <laughs> Seven percent? Well, that's maybe more, more close to what I was thinking. I, I, uh, you know, I would think some people may guess higher numbers than that, but the point is, it's not 90%. That's probably not even 80%. We're probably doing good if it's 50-50. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Because God has a deputy authority on the earth. And if the brothers are under the headship of Christ and being headed up in Christ, and they are in one accord, it doesn't matter what their decision is. Because they represent God on the earth. <laughs> This is God's deputy authority. So here in Matthew 18, 17, they are taking care of a situation and eventually if that situation is unresolvable by the church, then they have to let let that situation just go and be outside of the realm of the church. It says, let them what? Let them be to you just like the Gentile and the tax collector because you're touching God's deputy authority. It's a serious matter. Uh, Then in verse 13, Now look at Matthew 18, 18. Let's read that. Ready? Go. You know, this is the prayer ministry of the church. It's the highest ministry on the earth, and it has the authority to bind and loose on the earth. It's a powerful thing. Don't miss the prayer meeting of the church. Listen, as a college student, it's probably one one of the most tempting meetings to be missed, learn to drive a stake in the ground, I'm going to the prayer meeting of the church. Because you will participate in the binding and loosing of God's authority on the earth, and you'll do it weekly. And you'll be part of God's move to crush Satan. You know, the prayer meeting is not the funsy onesy meeting. They're probably not serving hot dogs or hamburgers there. But you know what? You will roll up your spiritual sleeves and you will enter into the warfare of this age and you will crush Satan. As well as an expression, God also needs his dominion. And in his dominion, he is defeating and destroying Satan. So I would say as young people, I hope many of you I know it's not an easy meeting to make, it's the middle of the week, either Tuesday or Wednesday night, but that night you have to call it fight night. That's the real fight night. And you need to establish in your schedule, in your schedule, that you plan to go there. It's usually only an hour. So many things can come in, oh I have to do this, I have a project, I have a paper. Of course you do, you're in college. plan to go to the church prayer meeting, you will enter into binding and loosing and crushing Satan, okay? All right, next, next one's a little example here, just showing how um, much the brothers represent God's deputy authority here. A little, little uh, frightening, but you know what? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? Right? Uh, don't be deceived. It's not a small thing. The authority of the church is God's deputy authority. And in Acts 5, 5-9, through Ananias and Sapphira, they had conspired together to say that they sold a piece of land for this much when they really sold it for this much. And then they lied to the brothers, which means they lied to the Holy Spirit, which means they lied to God. And they touched deputy authority. And when that happened... There was a, a divine reaction. So let's read this real quickly. How about brothers, sisters, let's go through this. Brothers, verse 5, sisters, 6. We'll go through quickly. Ready, brothers, go. And when asters, he fell down and, inspired, and great fear came upon all those Sisters. Okay, so this is serious. Um, we don't practice this in Austin, so. <laughs> but we have to realize, we have to realize the, the deputy authority of God is with the church. This is a great thing. And God's authority is represented on the earth in a very practical way. Okay, so uh, uh, we have to be impressed with this. Uh, Okay, for sake of time, let's move on quickly here to the next point on the body. My time's running out quickly. Praise the Lord for the body, right? Okay, Christ is the head, and he's also the body. And the way Paul chose to talk about this divine organism is through the human body. Comparing the human body, say, come on up here. It's amazing, okay, so here... You know, Christ, he's the head, he's the head. And the church is the body, he's the body. Isn't, isn't this a wonderful thing? The head the head with the body. The head without the body, scary thing, right? But the head with the body, this is, this is pleasant. What an expression, what a testimony, right? And so Paul used the, the physical human body to show us this picture of what Christ is both as the head and as the body okay Christ is number 1 he's the what head. and number 2 he's the body so is this right here is this right here is this Christ yes. so if i broke this off then this was this is still Christ right We have to realize every member of the body is Christ. Do you realize that you are part of the body? And so that means you are what? Watch out. You're what? Come on. It's pretty strong language. You're what? Amen. Thank you. Okay. Paul uses this illustration of the human body to show us something, that we are members of Christ. And and I don't have time, but if you get into 1 Corinthians 6, you'll realize that even your physical body is a member of Christ. Hard to believe. It talks about you being a temple, not marring the temple, taking care of this temple, because your physical body is actually... A member of Christ. It talks about they not joining yourselves improperly because you're a member of Christ. So this is a great thing here. Okay, so letter A. Uh, okay, first of all, that's the wrong verse. It's not 1213, it's 1212. So I'll read it to you. You can make the adjustment. For even as the body is one and has many members, yet all the members of the body, being many, are one body, so also is the... We would think that would be, so also is the church. That's what would follow in our thinking. But Paul is saying this explicitly to make it clear that all the many members of the body are Christ. Wow. Wonderful, right? This is so marvelous. So Christ in the body, in the body Christ there is an enlargement and expression of Christ. Letter A here. He is the enlargement and expression of Christ. 123. Let's read this verse in Ephesians. Go. Okay, circle the word fullness. The fullness. Actually, in Colossians 2 9, it says, For in him, that means in the person of Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead. Wait a minute. Seems to be a contradiction here. Colossians 2.9. See, the Bible contradicts itself. It's not true. I told you. <laughs> right? The naysayers on campus. Maybe your college professor. Maybe uh, your friend who doesn't believe. Actually, when things seem to be an apparent contradiction, actually they just reveal more light. Right? We have to be impressed. Okay? So in Colossians 2.9 it says, for in him, in Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In him, in in his physical body. But wait a minute. It says here, which is his body, the fullness. What's going on here? The fullness of the one who fills all in all. Okay, Colossians 2.9 is actually Christ in his essence. The Godhead in his essence He's completely full in Christ bodily. But in his expression, he's not full, except through his living, organic body. Through the many members' body, through the organic expression of all the members, only the fullness of Christ in his expression can come out in this way. So in himself, in his essence, he is completely full. He is the fullness of the Godhead, even in his physical body. But he's also the fullness expressed in all of us. You could say, which is his body in this verse, and you could put after that, the rest of him. The rest of him. The fullness of his, which is his body, meaning us, meaning all the believers, which is the rest of him, the rest of Christ. That's not heresy, that's truth. That's fullness in expression. Okay, we have to be impressed with that, okay? All right, letter B, not only enlargement and expression, but organic and spontaneous, okay? Let's read Ephesians 4.16 all together. Ready? Go. Out all of the body of in love. Okay, this is not a system, not an organization, not a hierarchy. Let me ask you a question. Can the Lord come back to the organized system of Christianity on the earth today? If He could, He already would have. But there's a system today. There's a a hierarchy set up. There's um, a clergy lady system set up. Guess what? The Lord can never come back to that. He cannot come back to that. That doesn't match Him, it's not organic. And it's not spontaneous. You know, the way you come up and share, are we counting you off, making you sign a piece of paper? Is that organized? When y'all come up and speak, we just trust that the head is in operation. Amen. And he's in stirring in each one of you. In just a few short minutes, it's gonna be your turn to speak again. Who do we trust in to work that out? Do you have to come sign a piece of paper and get in line and work things out? No, we just trust The spontaneous and organic head. To work in all of you as living members to come forth and share. This is organic and spontaneous. This is what the Lord needs. Okay, how about moving to Europe? Going to different places to share the gospel. Build up churches. Do we have an organized central headquarters? We do not. I had somebody ask me last week, so where's your headquarters? I was like, well, we have a head, but we don't have any quarters. <laughs> and he's like, no, that can't be. I was like, yes, it is. And he didn't believe me again. I said, actually, we just have the head. That's what we have. We have him. He's like, well, what, I mean, where's the central organization? Where do, y'all, you know, you know, where do you go to you know, do things all over the country? And I was like, well, we go to the head. He's like, it can't be. And It's like, it is. (laughs) And so anyway, we just went back and forth. You know what? Things are organic. I would even say mysterious. We can't fully understand everything going on. We just know that the head is in control. And things in the body are organic and spontaneous. How about whether or not you'll preach the gospel this week on your campus? Who will you do it to? When will it happen? How will you do it? Are we organizing this? No. We're trusting that you're living Christ. That you're exercising your spirit. That you're loving the Lord. And something of the overflow of Christ is going to come out of you while you're on campus. And Christ will flow out that's organic and spontaneous. This is wonderful. This is the view of the New Testament. Our Christ is the body who's organic and spontaneous. Okay. Then let her see quickly here moving on my time's almost out and it'll be ready for you to speak organically and spontaneously, right? Okay. This body is only Christ. Colossians 3:11, let's read it. Ready? Go. You could say this, Christ is all the members and is in all the members. Christ is all and in all, okay? You know what? In the body, there is nothing but Christ. Uh, You know, being in the body has nothing to do with anything except Christ. It has nothing to do with age, education, your walk of life, your preferences, your background. None of that matters. It doesn't matter. And so when we're with one another, we just realize he has uniquely set the members as it pleases him, because it's only Christ. It's only Christ. Look at this room. Just look around for a minute. What a crazy group of people. I mean, we really kinda don't fit really not that well. (laughs) Except we're in Christ. We're enjoying Christ, and it pleased Christ to bring us together. This is so marvelous. Why do I love all of you so much? Because you're filled with Christ, and only Christ, okay? Uh, This is a huge point, Christ plus nothing. The body is Christ plus nothing, okay? All right, then letter D, many and varied members, 1 Corinthians 12, 14, go. Yeah, not one member, but many. Romans 12, 4. Read it. For just as in the body, we have many members, and all the members do not have the same function. Okay, underline the last section there. Do not have the same functions. You know, in the body of Christ, there's many members. There's millions of members of the body of Christ. Millions. Millions. And all the members do not have the same function. Just like in your physical body, how many, how many cells are in your physical body? I've heard trillions, trillions of cells are in your actual physical body. That's a lot of cells. Well, in the body of Christ, there's millions and millions of members, but they don't all have the same function. A couple quick points. Number one, none of us are more than a member. If you think you're more than a member, then you become a cancer It's a serious problem. You think you're something special. (coughs) Listen to me. (laughs) Yeah, why don't y'all just listen, listen here. You know what, brothers and sisters, I'm just a member. And that's people who get puffed up, people who get proud, people who think they're exceptional. You know what? We're all only a member. Then the second point is we're never less than a member. This is the enemy's condemning. Wow, if the brothers and sisters knew what I was really like, man, they would have kicked me out long ago. Man, I'm awful. This is the lying devil. You're still a member of the body of Christ. And not only that, you're a necessary member. Necessary member. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you are a necessary member. Yeah, necessary, that's right, okay? Many and varied members. All the members are different. That's why when we share, it's so wonderful to listen to everyone's rich portion of Christ. It's beautiful, it's so excellent, okay? All right, E, blended together through the cross. How in the world are we able to come together? Guess what, we're blended through the cross. That means the cross is crossing out Everything that's not Christ. Crossing out our background. Crossing out our taste. Crossing out our preference. Crossing out our self. And thus allowing God to blend us together. This is so marvelous, right? Okay, I would just say one quick word. How does this blending take place? I would say in large part through prayer. Through prayer. Maybe you're with other brothers. The blending doesn't mean y'all go have a... uh, you know, a milkshake, a blended milkshake together. That's not what it's talking about. It's not going down to Smoothie King and, you know, dropping a big uh, mango strawberry down. That's not, blending is you coming together and exercising your spirit together in prayer and allowing the spirit to blend you. That means cross out everything, not Christ, and bring in everything that is Christ. This is the blending, okay? All right, 1 Corinthians twelve 24. Let's read it, Go. Okay, More abundant honor to the member that lack. This That's a beautiful thing about the body of Christ, is it honors the lacking members. Wonderful. Okay? All right. Uh, F, and I'll just touch up and finish up quickly here. F, the body is universally one and locally expressed. This means the body or the church has two aspects. There's a universal aspect, which includes... The body of Christ in all of space and all of time. Guess what? The Apostle Paul is part of the body of Christ. The Apostle John, he's part of the body of Christ, universally. And the brothers right now in Russia, praise the Lord. Uh, You know, uh, Neil and I, we went to Russia and Ukraine last last year. It was marvelous. We're on the other side of the planet, and I forgot what the temperature was, but you probably wouldn't want it. But we were there with those dear saints, and we were enjoying the body of Christ in Russia. Well, they're far away from us right now, and I mean really far away from us, but they're members of the body of Christ. So wonderful. Uh, They can't gather with, with us this weekend, but praise the Lord, they're in the body universally. But there's also a local side, a practical expression of the church locally Locality by locality, God has a practical expression of the church. And these two things are two sides of one coin. You can't have one without the other because the local churches are the expression of the universal church. And the universal church is the essence of the local churches. Both go together hand in hand, local and universal. This is the body of Christ. Okay? It's marvelous. If I go to Dallas, I can meet with the brothers there. If I fly to Fiji Islands and I've done it, I can meet with the brothers there. And in Auckland, New Zealand, and in Melbourne, Australia, praise the Lord, the body is there, locally expressed. So it's marvelous that the church has this universal aspect and local aspect. Okay, last point, and we won't get into the subpoints, it's just the unique foundation. Christ is our unique foundation. Uh, and a- upon that foundation, I have here five keys, and uh, we'll have to cover that another time but he is the key. I'll just read these titles, "The key to Oneness: Raise the Lord for the Oneness." Amen. He's the key to passing the test. Amen. He's the key to bearing remaining fruit. This unique foundation is the key to discerning substitutes of Christ. And finally, this is the key to boldness and rest. Praise the, Lord. Praise the Lord! So marvelous that we could see Christ as our head, Christ as the body, and Christ as the unique foundation. Thank the Lord for this time in this conference, that we could see these 20 marvelous items as the all-inclus- all-inclusive Christ. Our Christ and his cross is the unique solution to every problem. Praise the Lord for his building up of his body, right? Okay, now let's pray with your neighbor for a minute, and then we'll also have a time for you to come and speak, okay?